BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hawks get blasted by the Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton at home, 126-108. to Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey. Um, this one was... Uh, Probably one of the worst losses for the Hawks of the season. Um, and to even pour more salt on the wound, uh, this is probably Trey, the worst Trey Young game of the season. Um, he just, uh, the, I think the shoulder injury is getting to him at this point. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, him wearing kinesiology tape and all these other things. And I think the injuries. Are, are so far piling up for Trey that it might be becoming a detriment to the team. Uh, I think that, you know, these basketball players always want to play no matter what. And for him, it's just one of those things that maybe he should take a, a night or two off and get the shoulder back right and, you know, come back in. But going into this game, uh, some wild stats. Uh, I'm going to read the Pacers' side for a second. Um, the Pacers shot uh, 53 of 79. Yep, the Pacers 76 points in the paint in this game and 25 fast break points. That's 101 of their po- of their points uh, just from those two categories. Yeah, they shot uh, 11 of 18 from deep and 40. One of their 53 shots were assisted. Yeah, last time against Indiana, actually last week on Friday, the Pacers had 50 assists, three away from the NBA record. Now, 41 is definitely not too shabby of a number uh, for Indiana, but I, I already mentioned the points in the paint and the fast break points, but the Hawks only scored 46 points in the second half. The offensive flow, like you mentioned, Trey had no rhythm. DeJounte Murray and Jalen Johnson, as well as Sadiq Bey in the first half, were really the only guys for the Hawks that got any sort of rhythm offensively at any point. Um, it was The Hawks only got 25 assists, 
the Pacers won the board battle 49 to 35. And this is the weirdest stat, I think, of the whole game, Tim. Indiana turned the ball over 25 times, and the Hawks won the possession battle and still got absolutely blown out because of how well the Pacers shot and how easy it was for them to get to the rim, especially in the first half. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things uh, where, you know, we always look at, you know, the the, the possessions and you, <laughs> the Hawks had a lot of empty possessions in this game. And I, I think that's the, the really, really bad part of it. Yeah. 89 attempts from the field compared to 79 for Indiana. 30 attempts from three compared to 18 for Indiana. 23 attempts from the line compared to 12. Or sorry, uh, from three compared to 12 for Indiana. That is so many more shooting possessions. But the Hawks couldn't generate offensive rhythm at all in the second half. And Indiana didn't even need all those shots to really go down to, to kind of take it away with this game. And there was garbage time late in this game with about four and four minutes and change to go. Yeah, uh, for, for a minute, I thought, here comes another Indiana 150 game. Um, to bring up that uh, that total to one fifty or four fifty nine, the Hawks have given up in three games against them. Like, it's just, yeah, it, it's rough. Um, so we'll go into this one. Clint Capella did return, and the first play of the game, of course, is a lob to Clint Capella for a dunk, and Indiana comes down, misses. The Hawks come back up. Capella again. Capella again. Indiana calls the timeout 47 seconds into this game. That that was crazy. And I didn't really see anything in my eyes from the Pacers that would say, oh, my gosh, this is really urgent. You know, Rick Carla, you got to call a timeout with less than a minute to, to go so far into this game. But he did that, and it worked. I mean, right after that, the Pacers went on a 9-2 run, and they really never slowed down after that. The Pacers bench in this game, Tim, really got them all, all the leads. The starters, the starters kind of lost the lead uh, to end the first half. Yeah, their bench was phenomenal in this game. I mean, from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter, they were phenomenal. You, you had TJ McConnell go, assisting, dishing dimes left and right. You had Benedict Matherin going to the rim. Buddy splashing down threes. I mean, it was it was it was an offensive party uh, for for the Pacers on the bench, and everybody joined it. At one point in the third quarter, the Pacers bench and the starters were both tied with fifty three points. That's that's just crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Um, you know, I felt like the Hawks uh, let let a run happen. Um, Indiana goes on a nine-two run uh, in the middle of the first quarter. Um, what is pretty much as soon as the Hawks bench unit came in, and I felt like the Hawks defensively. Uh, I mean, I'll say it now, but this this happened for the entirety of the game. It felt like they were flat-footed. Nobody really cared to, you know, rotate with quickness uh even closeouts were sloppy slow it was one of it was just one of those nights for the hawks but uh, you know back on the offensive end the hawks go on a 10-0 run you know erasing the deficit and taking the lead there in the first i think it was a lot of back and forth 
between both teams going on many runs, uh, especially within the first, I'd say, eight, eight to nine minutes or so. Yeah. And, you know, the Hawks uh, closed out the quarter pretty decent. Indiana comes back, takes the lead 34 to 30 to close out the first quarter. Um, Mikey, we talked about the Hawks defense as a whole throughout these podcasts and how they really struggled on that back line. Um, what was one thing that you've seen um, that was just really giving the Hawks problems with that back line? I think a lot of it was what we saw in Indiana just a week ago. Uh, Miles Turner, I think he a really underrated aspect of his game is the patience he plays with. When he gets the ball on that short roll near the, near the nail, uh, and Tyrese Halliburton runs it really well with him, but McConnell was really good as well. Uh, he has so much time and so much space to try to deliver a pass to a, uh, a backdoor cutter or a corner three, and he'll take that mid-range shot whenever he wants to as well. But the Pacers do a really good job of their wings setting screens for their corners to either dive to the basket for a lob. You saw Miles Turner give it to Obi Toppin. Jalen Smith had a couple of those as well tonight. So I think really he his aspect of just passing and patience when he has the ball in the middle of the floor is really underrated. And, and the Hawks can't stop that. I think what they needed to do in both games was put more pressure on them and make those passes a little bit tougher, those, that shot uh, not, not be there. But if there's not if there's not complete ball pressure on him when he's at that nail, uh, he has a lot of freedom to to see what passes he wants to do, and you know he can always make that shot and step out from three as well. So I I think that was one major key that stood out to me. Yeah, and you know in the first quarter the Pacers shot sixteen of nineteen from the field. Um, I, the Hawks were only down four points with them only missing three shots the whole first quarter. And the crazy part is they had seven turnovers. But the issue is they have 15 assists on those 16 made baskets. Yeah, if they if they kept up that pace, 15 assists, that would have been an NBA record with 60 assists. Obviously, they didn't keep that up. But uh, as we move on to the second, the Pacers, def- the Pacers bench just dominated this game. Uh, they, they went on a 7-0 run. Quinn Snyder calls a timeout. And then this was one of the most demoralizing sequences of the game, Tim. The Hawks coming out of a timeout, botch the inbounds play. They don't even get the ball out of bounds. The Pacers are just putting on a little light full-court press. And it was that guy, Tim. Timothy John McConnell. TJ McConnell is one of those guys where you have to know where he is at all times on defense. He's a pesky guy. He's going to pick you up full court. And he dominated this game in a playmaking standpoint. You know, he had... 14 assists, and 10 of those came in 16 minutes, or 14 minutes, actually, sorry, in, in the first half. And he stole that. He stole the ball, laid it up, and that from there on, it was just it was just really downhill for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, the Pacers went on a 13-0 run to open that second quarter. Like, that's inexcusable. Um, the Hawks uh, have had, uh, you know, a top five rated offense throughout the 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 year, and to allow them to go on a thirteen zero run with, I I don't think Indiana's defense is that great. I think they're uh, very active, yeah. but I believe you can break them down, 
and I felt like the Hawks were just doing a poor job of doing it. Like it felt like the ball wasn't swinging. It, it, it was just slow. It felt like uh, <laughs> you're going to make fun of me, but it, it felt it felt like our whole team was playing like DeAndre Hunter. Like they were just methodical. Um, it, it was no flow to to the offense at that point. Yeah, I think a lot of that, that has to do with Trey Young. He when his outside shot wasn't working, he tried to get to the rim, and he hit a couple and ones to start start the game. Hit uh, an all right start from the first couple minutes, but after that, it really didn't feel like he generated any offensive rhythm. Anytime he would turn the corner on the screen, uh, a lot of times he turned he turned the ball over, and it it would it would be, be bad decisions, poor handles, something you don't see a lot from Trey Young. And that's why that's why when we talk about um, you know NBA players always want to be in the game they always want to play but sometimes it, it can be a detriment to your, to the team Tim like you were saying it looked like one of those nights for Trey yeah and something I want to bring up too TJ McConnell had uh, nine assists in the first half of this game um, ten assists actually uh, was it ten I, yep. I thought it was nine so. Um, <laughs> You know that that's <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, a lot of people talk about Tyrese Halliburton and his assist. Maybe it's just the system. Kind of joking there, but yeah, <laughs> but no, he's they, they, Rick Carlisle runs an, runs an excellent offense. Obviously, you know with the Pacers running away with number one uh, offense in the NBA this year. But yeah, Tyrese, TJ McConnell, these guys are both past first point guard. So that's what you get in, in an offense that's this that's this uh high octane and, and really active. Yeah, they they definitely are not shy about getting out and running. Um their forwards um relentless at getting to the rim in this game. Uh moving on into the second the Hawks, you know, went on um a, a few runs to cut the lead down to 12 on two separate occasions and it was you know the hawks were fighting back they were hitting good shots bogey bay and you DeJounte. know oh Dejounte, um and they still they still were just giving up baskets on the defensive end yeah i thought Dejounte Dejounte was really good in this game offensively he, Jalen Johnson, and Sadiq Bay were really the only guys that um, kind of played. You could say were were at least average um, for for most of the game. They went, the Hawks went on a twenty eight to fifteen run in the last eight minutes of the half to cut the deficit from nineteen down to six. Only a sixty eight sixty two lead entering the locker room for for the Pacers. And if you're the Hawks, and I, I tweeted this at halftime, you gotta feel like you're lucky to have just a six-point deficit. Yeah, it should have been a four-point deficit, if I'm being honest. Um, the last possession, at, at right before halftime, the Hawks, I think there's like four seconds left, and the Hawks let um, Bra uh, Bruce Brown go all the way, the whole floor, and Clint Capella is standing up under the rim just watching him do a layup. Like, it was just um, – I don't know. This team is quite frustrating. Maddening sequence. Maddening yeah. sequence for sure. Yeah, it, it was so frustrating. As we go into the third quarter here, uh, the Pacers did almost all their damage in the paint in the first half. They they only took eight threes. Now they made four of them, and there was one segment where they made fifteen or twenty shots. That sounds a lot. That sounds a lot like that first game in Indiana a week ago. 
but they switched what they wanted to do offensively in the second half. They shot a lot more threes. Immediately, they pushed the lead up to 87 to 72. Uh, but DeJounte Murray was really the only consistent guy uh, on offense who, who kept it going for all four quarters. He was single-handedly trying to wheel the Hawks back into this game, but it just unfortunately wasn't enough. Yeah, I think when, you know, DJ DJ was cooking in this game too. Like his mid-range shot, he was getting to the rim. Um, he had, you know, a few of those little floaters off the glass. Like it was one of those games where, you know, he really had it going. What stinks, and we, we've talked about this a couple times, it seems like the games where DeJounte shows up both halves is somebody from the field struggling, whether it's Bogey, whether it's Trey. And, and it seems like for some strange reason, this team cannot get all their guys going on the same night. Like yeah. it's just, it's maddening, but I think it's possible for that to happen. Like uh, it's so weird because you you obviously think in the Hawks I think they might have slipped out of the top five just recently they may they may be six in offensive rating last time I checked before this game but uh, it's so weird for for such an elite offense to really not be able to get all their guys going you think you know you've got Indiana so many guys in double digits they have they have tonight they had they had eight guys in double digit scoring uh, but really the the Hawks do get a lot of double digits. But it's really low scoring. You, you don't see really good games from Trey, from DeJounte, from Jalen, from Bogey, all at the same time. Now, they happen a few times uh, where you've got DeJounte and Trey both in the 20s. Jalen, re- they recently had a game like that. But it happens, seems to happen very few and far between. Yeah, and moving on a little bit further in the third, uh, I felt like it, it was kind of, you know, Indiana just – you know, throttling the gas pedal. Um, a lot of bad Hawks turnovers. Um, it felt like, you know, maybe maybe Trey was pushing it a little bit where um, he, he just uh, definitely in the third, uh, he seemed really passive. And it was one of those things where he just, I don't know, man, like it's one of those things where Trey – if he's not passing, like if if he's not shooting and, and he's all passing, it kind of takes away a little bit from his game where it's as effective as it normally is. Yeah, and in the third quarter also, he had an end one opportunity that, that he eventually converted, but he was on the ground there for a good minute or so after, and he kind of limped up off the floor. He was okay to stay in the game, but – even in the fourth quarter or in the middle of the fourth, we'll get to it later, but he he ended up limping after setting a screen for DeJounte on, on particular play. Uh, it seemed to grab his uh, his thigh or shin area on one of his legs. So a uh, re- really weird game from Trey after this, and I wonder, like, like we've been saying, if, if, he, if he will sit a game. And as we move on here in the third quarter, I think one of the best things the Patriots did in this game, Tim, and Carlisle preaches this, but – they grab the rebound, anybody, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, any of their forwards, they're immediately looking to get that outlet pass to, to a wing or, or guard to get up to the other end. Many times, three-on-two fast breaks, uh, two-on-one fast breaks, so many of those just kept coming for the Hawks. And when you allow a team to get that many rebounds and that many fast breaks, it's going to wear on you. And, and the Hawks definitely uh, broke down, it seemed like, in that way late in this game. Yeah, um, 
with them playing with so much pace, and this is something I wanted to ask you about, with them playing with so much pace, did it feel like to you that a lot of their guys definitely from, like, if they were contesting a Hawks three, as soon as the Hawks players shot that three, their guy was down the floor. Yeah, like, like at least two every time. Yeah. Yeah, because they weren't waiting. Like, they weren't waiting to see if the basket went in. They were flying down the floor. So, whenever that guy got the rebound, they were pushing it. And, you know, um, to kind of end out the third, uh, 99-81 off uh, um, Jalen Johnson, alley-oop from who? Trent Force. There you go. Jalen got the steal. Uh, after a mishandle from T.J. McConnell, he gave it to to Trent Forrest. And one of the things I think Jalen is recognizing, something a big difference from last year than this year, is he he would take the ball on the break and dribble it, up, dribble it up. But a lot of times now he's passing to begin the break so he can finish easier. And I think that's been a big difference in his success in terms of his efficiency finishing on the break. He's always going to be good even with the ball or without. But on the break, when you've got a guard with him, I think it's even better for, for the guard to dribble it up the floor so that Jalen is always in that lob position, um, especially with Trent Forrest, who he's not he's not going to shoot the ball from outside. So the floor shrinks, and when he's when he has the ball, he's more of a threat. Yeah, and we we you know that's how they finished off the third quarter. Um, moving into the fourth, I mean, I don't want to go too deep into the fourth because it was it was pretty rough. Yeah, this was the killer stretch here. I mean, in the first three minutes or so and, and change, the Hawks didn't score. Sadiq Bey got fouled, and that was their first first few points after the after the eight-minute mark. And it was, at this point, 114 to 90. And it was pretty much over after that, Tim. Yeah, and then you bring in garbage time, and you bring in Seth Lundy, you bring in A.J. Griffin, and, you know, you rod this one out. Yeah, they're, they're – back-to-back games against the Pacers, and this one at home without their star point guard, Tyrese Halliburton, getting blown out, not a good look at all. No, and, you know, what we thought was a a really good win, um, you know, to come in uh, on your next home game is – is quite frustrating. I can imagine Hawks fans are, are going through it right now. Yeah, for sure. As we move on to the box score here, you know, we had we had those guys play garbage time. AJ Griffin, Bruno Fernandez, Seth Lundy. Um, AJ AJ uh, had two points, and Seth Lundy also had two. Uh, Bruno didn't didn't record uh, a point, but he had one rebound. But moving into the main rotation, Patty Mills in 15 minutes, he shot one of three from the floor for two points, one steal, one rebound. Um, he plays these limited minutes, but I'm not really sure I I see the point, especially when. Uh, especially when the Pacers' offense is just so heavy. Patty's not the greatest on the defensive end. I, I have a question. Um, with um, Kobe Bufkin, I know he's down right now in College Park, but um, do you think maybe the Hawks think about bringing Kobe up? Um you know, he's been playing really well in College Park. Uh, I know he got hurt, uh, I think, like two games ago for them. Um, do, you, do you think it, it may be soon that Kobe gets a chance to come up and, and at least take, you know, some minutes from Patty? If you're the Hawks, I think you definitely have to explore it, uh, especially with the trade deadline season coming up. And the way the Hawks are going with all the rumors swirling around, 
it seems like they want to open up space for a lot of the younger guys. And, you know, Bufkin's one of those guys. Mo Gay would probably get minutes later in the season if he was healthy. But unfortunately, with that back, uh, his chances of playing this season seem slim. Yeah, and we'll move on to another uh, to the next guy, uh, Anyeka Kongwu. Twenty-two minutes, three for four from the field. This 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 is rough. One rebound, one assist, six points. Uh, oh, oh, struggling in this one. Um, you know, uh, he played really good the the night before against Philly, but he he really struggled in this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 20, 20 minutes for Trent Forrest. He was two of five from the field for a six assists, one steal, and four points. Trent had been playing well recently, especially on that defensive end. Uh, but tonight, def- definitely not his strong strongest night. I think on offense, he he was a, a big detriment, and then defensively, it didn't really seem like he made that big of an impact. Yeah, I think the pace might have got to him. Um, for sure. Moving to bogey, 24 minutes, three of 12 from the field, two for five from deep, uh, two free throws, five rebounds, two assists, three steals, 10 points. I, I felt like bogey, uh, you know, struggled. I, I think, you know, <laughs> I don't think we're going to say many Hawks players had good games in this, uh, in this game, but I felt like bogey was just uh, – you know, okay, I guess. Yeah, I, a lot of times with Bogey, you'll see him impact the game with steals or also assists. He didn't do it in this game. And when you shoot three of 12 from the floor, uh, especially in that assist Smith part only being two, it's going to stick out a little bit. Uh, for the starters now, we'll start with Clint Capella. He only played 22 minutes, three of five from the field, one of four from the line, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, seven points. I think I think both the centers, as as uh, Tim, like you described with the Kongwu, both the centers really struggled tonight. Uh, Capella had a great start in the first, say, five minutes of this game, but after that, it, it really was lackluster. I mean, Bogdan Bogdanovich led this team, tied with Clint Capella in rebounds. That's kind of uh, that kind of tells the story right there. Yeah, whenever a guy like Clint Capella's staple is rebounds, and he only has five for a game, uh, you could definitely tell he had a rough one. Um, moving to Sadiq Bay, 31 minutes, three for 10 from the field, uh, three for seven from deep. Um, that's, that's shooting the three ball pretty decent right there. Um, eight, eight from nine from the free throw line, which is great. Uh, I like to see Sadiq attack and get to the line, uh, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, 17 points. I felt like Sadiq offensively in this game. Definitely in the first half was really good. Uh, the second half, um, a, a little lackluster defensively. He's still struggling, but um, I felt like he he was probably one of the better performers in this game. Yeah. Uh, on to Trey Young now, and definitely not a typical night for Trey. Four of 17 from the field, two of six from deep, only three free throws for Trey. Six assists, two steals, three rebounds, five turnovers to six assists and then 13 points. I mean, that assist to turnover ratio, you rarely see that from Trey. He's having a career year in that category. But really, uh, like Tim, you said at the beginning of the show, it's probably Trey's worst game of the season here. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully Trey, if, you know, can can get some extra uh, uh, work on, on that shoulder and hopefully whatever he, he went out with with the thigh or shin, 
doesn't affect him long term. But you know, if he thinks that it's not a good, you know, it's the best thing for the team to go, then you know, I, I'm okay with Trey taking a game off. Um, moving to Jalen Johnson, 32 minutes, seven from 11 from the field, one for two from deep, uh, one from three from the free throw line, four rebounds, three assists, two steals. Uh, 16 points. I, I felt like Jalen, um, it was an okay game, but he didn't impact the game, uh, say, like he did against Philly. Um, it, it was just one of those games where he was okay. Yeah, I thought he was probably the second best talker uh, before, before we move on to DeJounte Murray here. But, yeah, Jalen Jalen seems to have these some, some of these games. Now, he can be aggressive and get to the rim whenever he wants. And I, I kind of expected a little bit more of that especially against a Pacers defense. Um, but, yeah, like you said, he, was, he, he wasn't terrible, but, but not great. Uh, the player of the game for the Hawks definitely was DeJounte Murray. 32 minutes, 13 of 18 from the floor, 3 of 6 from 3, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 29 points. I mean, that, that stat line, you love to see those uh, categories, the impact in multiple categories there for DeJounte. And he was the only guy consistent throughout all, really, three and a half quarters because there was garbage time in the fourth. Uh, who had an offensive rhythm, who kept it going. You see that efficiency, 13 of 18 from the field. He got to his spots and and continually hit them. Yeah, I felt like uh, TJ was pretty pretty good in this game um, defensively. I wish he was better, but uh, I felt like he was pretty good. Um, now, something I, I wanted to bring up, uh, the Hawks are on a five-game homestand. This was game number two. Um, Game number three will be tomorrow night against the Washington Wizards. Uh, this is this game is the first half uh, of the back to back with Washington. Um, Mikey, going into key one is to slow the Wizards down. Um, I, I think that you know the Wizards are one of the top probably five teams in, in pace. I, I think, you know, they're really good in, in that s- situation offensively. Um, I'd like to see the Hawks make them play in the half court. And, and I think, you know, even with the Hawks defense struggling as it has, if you could probably, if you can make the Wizards play in the half court, uh, I think it plays into the Hawks' hands. Yeah, and I think that goes on the offensive end as well. The Hawks always want to play fast, uh, get the most points per possession and the most possessions. But I think this is a game where they can slow the pace a little bit, not to a halt. But the Hawks' offense in the half court should be able to score against anybody, and especially a porous defense like the Wizards. I don't think they necessarily need to play that fast and kind of match up with that Wizards' pace. They they don't really need to. So I'm going to look for the Hawks to kind of slow the pace just a little bit, and I think that'll favor them. The second key going into here. Got to be rebounding. I mean, after getting dominated on the boards tonight, uh, the Pacers with 44 rebounds, just 28 rebounds for the Hawks. You got you got to be better there. Daniel Gafford, while he's a good rebounder, is undersized at center, and Clint Capella. I'm looking uh, forward to him trying to take advantage of that tomorrow night. Yeah, I I also want to see Jalen Johnson get back to um, attacking the the rebounds uh, with this game only having four um, and Philly having fifteen. Like he he, he it was kind of like it, it, I wish he could have split both games uh, with yeah. the rebounds. Like um, 
but you know moving into the third key um and this is this is i, I think one of the most important game uh points or keys in this is you have to dump this game like you have to drop it out the memory you don't watch film on it move on and get prepared for washington tomorrow night um i think that this Hawks team has come out flat-footed against lesser opponents. Uh, I think that, you know, they need to be ready to come out with a fight. Yeah, it, they need to, They need to, like you said, flush this game out. And there's going to be a good opportunity to put this one in the rear view, mirror, rear view mirror Sorry, tomorrow night against a poor team. So let's see if they can come out and do that. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began. Or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. For all the history to be found here, there's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast.